Welcome to the First 15 Podcast. The next 15 minutes are going to help you transform your real estate career. And now, your host, master coach and founder of Real Estate Grad School, Rich Levin. First 15 at 8.15. This is Rich. Glad to have you all here. Ah, nothing special to announce. If you do get here a few minutes, you hear, me, you hear me sort of verbally wandering. So I'm going to do our podcast pause and let's go. Today, we are going to be talking about negotiating and the one number one rule in top-notch real estate negotiating now this is one of those sessions that you've been a subscriber, a student, a client of real estate grad school for some time. You have heard me mention many, many, many times. And some of you will hear this and you will roll your eyes because you've heard it before. I want to point out to you when I have that reaction to a topic, I know that I need to listen. Because if, I, if I'm confident in the topic, I want to hear if there's a new nuance something new that I can learn. But if I know I'm not really doing that topic as well as I could be doing it, I will get more um, apathetic about it. So I want you to work hard to really listen because this is a number one rule in top-notch negotiating and we're going to get to it. So the question is, you know, are you comfortable with, you know, are you comfortable um, with asking people personal information about them? Are you comfortable probing and asking questions um, of people? And sometimes even when you know that it's for your benefit or the benefit of your client and <clears throat> the person is unsuspectingly, unsuspectingly telling you things that are to their disadvantage. So are you comfortable with that? If not, you'll never become a strong negotiator. You may be able to become a strong agent. Um, you're gonna have a gap in your training. Most agents have this gap, <clears throat> but you certainly will never become a strong negotiator. So I'm gonna be teaching this uh, negotiating skill today, and we'll get into it in just a moment. It is Wednesday. On Wednesdays at 11.30, we have a webinar, a vendor webinar. A vendor webinar, sometimes we do top agent interviews, is when we interview a vendor. So I found this company was advertising to me called Folio. And when I looked them up, they were a Gmail, first Gmail assistant for real estate agents. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but instead of exploring it myself, I um, had Chava invite them to our Wednesday. So Wednesday, you're going to be getting a link to a webinar. If you want to listen to the interview with Folio, we'll all find out what they do together. That'll be at 1130 today, at 1130 today. Um, I was talking about client appreciation party and <clears throat> I had mentioned yesterday choosing a theme that if you want to have a client party in, the, in this summer, it's time to start planning it now. It is a good idea. Nearly everyone gets business from it. So these are some themes. Now this is on a document. If you go to the real estate grad school library and you look up with the word uh, party, look at the bottom, it says party. The doc is, this document is called Client Party Planning Ideas, and there's a lot on this document. There's just an enormous amount. I don't have a copy of the full document. Um, 
And at the top was this exactly what I want to show you, which is general themes, location themes, and holiday themes. So take a look at it yourself. Luau, casino night, carnival, sledding, skiing, skating, bowling, pig roast, picnic, pool party, football, soccer. Uh, this is professional games, zoo, art gallery. All of Fourth of Day, all of different, all of different places, themes that you can use for your client party. So that's when I said pick a theme. That is what I meant by pick a theme. And I said we're going to be talking just for a moment each day about client party as we get over towards through the spring and into the summer because it's a very good idea. And those of you who've wanted to do it and haven't, I'm just going to keep prompting you very mildly that this is the way to get to it, and this gives you plenty of time to do it. All right. I also, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm taking myself religiously through these 12 questions every day. They're 12 questions that absolutely guarantee your success. It's totally true. I'm stuck on a couple of them. I'm stuck on the measures, on, on the goals, because my goals, um, I need to really narrow my goals down into weekly and monthly goals. And um, we literally just have not done, we've done that many times, achieve the goals. And then this is one of those moments when we're in between. So I'll be working on that. But also I got through all the questions first before I said, okay, that's really, you know, that may not be the thing. Well, we'll have to look. I'm, obviously I'm still pu um, puzzling around that. My priority to do's haven't changed for three days because they're projects and they are my key projects. And I am, I am moving on them each day because they are on my list. So if you want to make sure that your business is guaranteed to grow, you want to be reviewing this document every single day. We'll take it, it needs to take you 10 minutes or less, and it will. If it does take you more than that, get on a live call. Get on today's live call at 8.30, and we'll talk about it. All right. As a matter of fact, I believe we are going to talk about it. With one of you, I mentioned that we're going to go over this. So we are. We have moved to talk about negotiating more confidently, more successfully. We've wrapped up this topic of writing better offers. If you want to hear about writing better offers, you can listen to the last two or three days webinars. Go to the website and look up, um, look under the topic coaching and first 15s. They're posted there. Um, and then we starting, we're starting today the topic of negotiating more confidently and successfully which is a, a topic I love to talk about. The reason I love to talk about it is because I was a, I was a scared negotiator. I, I didn't want to go into negotiations. I, I, didn't, I felt um, <clears throat> intimidated by it. I felt that I was going to be abused again in it. Um, when I was, <clears throat> when, and when I've been in a couple of uh, automobile negotiations, I felt taken advantage of. I really needed to, and then I started to learn about negotiating. And as part of my becoming a stronger realtor, I purposely took courses. And then as I coached, took more courses, learned more, spoke more with you guys about it. And when you learn to negotiate more confidently, I want to suggest that it's one of those things like perfecting your listing presentation that gives you just overall confidence in your business. So I'm excited to talk about this. Now, most often you'll hear me talk about the top three negotiating strategies, but I decided on this one. We're going to take enough days here to cover all nine negotiating strategies that close more deals. And today we're just going to cover the first one. Some days we'll cover more. Today we're going to cover the first one. Here's the top nine. Get as much information as possible before the negotiation begins and keep getting more. The next one, number two, prepare the clients for the negotiation um, and for what may ensue thereafter. Number three, stay focused on the goal. Keep everyone else objective and focused on the goal, and don't talk to the parties. Don't talk to about the parties to anyone outside of the parties themselves. Okay, be careful what you say to the other party about each party. Don't talk about 
Don't talk about anyone to the part of the negotiation. It most often will hurt you and seldom will help you. Um, Lead number four, lead with questions and pay sincere attention. We're going to cover these over the course of the next days. Adapt to negotiating styles. That's always fun. That's talking about disk assessments. Wrap it up in two turns, if at all possible. We'll cover a few of these on the same day, maybe all four on the same same day. Wrap up the negotiation in two turns, if possible, because we're dealing with amateur negotiators all the time and going beyond that causes them to go a little um, off-center. When asked for a concession, ask for a concession in return in order to dampen the expectations of the other party. Get the other party to negotiate with themselves and never negotiate with yourself. And keep your enthusiasm level just below theirs. If those appeal to you as ways to strengthen your negotiating skills, or if you're just not sure what that all means, but you're interested in, in strengthening your negotiating skills, that's what we're going to be covering over the next um, maybe week or so. So the topic today is number one rule of negotiating. And I want you to write this down. Sometimes I will ask you, I'll say, what is the number one rule of negotiating? And many of you know, because I cover this so often because we covered under buyers, we covered under sellers, we covered under sales skills. You know, we covered under many topics because negotiating is involved in all those topics, pricing and price reduction. So the rule is get as much information as possible about the people involved in the negotiation and the property and the situation of the people in the property before the negotiation begins and keep getting more information. Get as much information as possible, keep getting and keep getting more. So how do you get the information? You do the research, you ask for it and you look for it. We'll talk about what information and where. So what information you want is motivation and urgency. Usually you get that directly from the clients. Why are you thinking about moving? Really cool. Where do you think about going? Ideally, is there a time frame within which you want to make that move? And how important is it for you? So those what we call the rapport for why, ideally, uh, why, where, ideally, when, and how important are the rapport for that not only build strong rapport with you because they show that you care, but they also um, are clear gatherers of the, the key, key issues of motivation and urgency. That's what you want to get. You want to get the real issues for each party. So why are you moving want a bigger house? It's not a key issue. It's just sort of a reason. It's not a motivation. So really, why are you looking for a big house, a bigger house? Well, we just bought two Great Danes, and we want to have a yard that they can really run freely in. You know, so are you looking for acreage? You say, no, we'd really like more of a city yard, but if we get half an acre, you know, we'll take care of the rest. If it has a hill on it, can really challenge them, that would be ideal. Um, so all of a sudden you find out a real issue. And so do you already have them? Are you planning to get them? No, we have them. So we really need, so they've got these two enormous dogs in a smaller place. So, um, the, 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 the idea being there with that example of finding out the real issues that really are behind their motivation and their urgency, find out all the information you can, anything you can about the people go online. Search whatever records you have and you have access to, MLS records, tax records, criminal records, whatever you can have access to. Find out all you can about the property um, and go online, just Google search it. You know, search the people on uh, social media. Find out everything you possibly can, why they want to sell, where they're, oh, there's a rapport four, actually five. Um, Where, we call it rapport four because usually we don't talk about who. Um, Why, where, 
ideally when and who's involved in the sale and what's most important to them. Now, also with buyers, you might want to ask, will they be getting any help buying the property? Now, you're going to ask this in your buyer presentation or, you know, perhaps as you're showing the house or once. Man, the earlier you can, the better. So I hate to have it wait till you're showing the house. But if it has to, because that's what you do, then uh, it, it's a great question to ask. In order to become, a, in order to have a winning negotiation for your clients, do they have a house to sell? And if they do have a house to sell, does the move they the move they're going to make depend on selling that house? In other words, they won't be able to buy unless they sell. Um, now, uh, so the point here is that we want to go back. We want to get as much information as possible about the people in the property. We're going to look for it. We're going to ask the clients for it. We're going to ask anyone else involved in the negotiation. We're going to go online. We're going to look in every source we can. We're going to go into tax records. Um, we may talk to neighbors if it's a listing or we happen to run into a neighbor um, and so on. So you, you want to just gather all the information in negotiating. Knowledge is power. The person with the more knowledge is going to be more likely have an advantage in the negotiation. Now, some of you may be um, uh, not uh, not like winning and losing oriented. You know, not sports people, not high Ds. Uh, may say, why do I need to learn this? Like, it's not my nature. Well, winning for your clients is one of your sort of non-legal obligations. You have a fiduciary duty to put your client even before yourself. So if their goal, their desire is to get the right house for the best price, then you have a legal obligation to become a stronger negotiator and help them do that. And you really need to understand that. You're not hurting anybody by working for the best of your client with integrity and with honesty. But gaining the skills that if the other person is foolish, naive, uneducated, unprepared, inexperienced, whatever, amateurish, that yes, without taking overly taking advantage of the situation, you are you are fiduciarily ob, fiduciarily obligated. I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up to do the best for your client. Now, if you're not comfortable asking directly, if you're not really comfortable asking people what their income is, where they work. And I do prefer that you know those things as well. If you're not comfortable asking direct questions about why they're moving and where they're moving and how important it is to them, then you can soften your ask. Soften your ask. There's a K on the end of that. And say, you know, may I ask you, you know, why you guys are moving, thinking about moving at this time? You know, do you mind if I ask, you know, why you guys are thinking of moving at this time? Or... Is it all right if for me to ask you if uh, you know why you guys are thinking about moving this time? Most people who are uncomfortable asking can become comfortable by doing what I call here asking permission to ask. It's another way to soften. It's another way to call what I'm teaching you here, coaching you to do here. Asking permission to ask, and so I, I learned to do this myself because I often ask very direct personal questions. You know, may I ask if there is, you know, alimony or child support for from that marriage? You know, do you mind if I ask a little more personally, you know, out of that divorce, is there child child care or uh, alimony or palimony that uh, needs to be paid that may, may affect your uh, credit or ability to borrow? You know, and they'll 
just answer the question normally, or they'll say, no, I don't I wish you don't ask that. So uh, my point is you almost can never get that latter response, but you're giving the person the out. They feel more comfortable. They feel more confident in you. So get as much information as possible. Learn how to ask, learn how to soften the ask, get as much information about the people in the property from as many sources as you can before the negotiation begins and then keep getting more. So, to exceed your goals, today's ingredient for your recipe of success is begin to do this today. Start today. Get a lot more information about your clients and about the other party. Where do you get that information? From the other agent. From anybody who's dealing with the other party. Get as much and get a lot more information about your clients and about the other party. Just get comfortable asking and watch how having that knowledge gives you a strong advantage. And for practice, just begin to get a lot more everywhere. Just, you know, when you're checking out of the grocery line, people who are with me hear me do this. I say, how's your day going? You know, if you worked here a long time, you know, how, how's your day going? How's this job working out for you? I just will throw that out there. Just, and you watch, people love to be asked. All of a sudden they look up. You're not just an object to them. You're actually, they're not just an object to you, a cashier, an object. They're actually a human being and they love it. And that's the kind of, a connection you make when you treat people in the ways in this way you think you're just gaining advantage for your client people love when you uh, pay sincere attention to them so with that make a great day make a great make a sale hug the ones you love don't forget we have a call now at 8 30 a live call um, and a webinar at 11 30 and we have a guest coming at 11 30 which is folio uh, it's a free service for automating, automating your email, it's an email assistant, whatever that means, and we're gonna find out together. There's probably a pay portion of the service too, but if you wanna take a look at that with me, I'm gonna be doing that, interviewing them at 11.30. Uh, you'll get a link to the webinar. If you don't see a link, come by about 11.15, call our office. And with that, hug the ones you love, make a great day, make a sale. Talk to you all soon, bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast with Rich Levin. Please subscribe and check us out at www.regradschool.com to learn more about how we have helped develop top agents over more than 20 years. See you next time.